If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. How much are you actually against communism? How much... Are you committed to stopping communism? Because I'm about to talk today about some people who were more committed than you. But good committed or bad committed, that's going to be up to you to decide here on the world famous 
Jesse Kelly show on a Monday. It's uh it will be a little heavy when we talk about that horrible horrible carjacking where the guy uh, in Washington DC couple young teenage girls carjacked some guy and killed him and it's just just a terrible story so I already feel icky about that. We'll talk about that a little later on. Michael Malice is going to weigh in on a few things. We have Nike now revealing a special, they teamed up with the rapper to reveal a special Satan shoe. Remember when you and I have talked about being more purposeful with what we buy and don't buy? We're going to have a long talk about that. And finally, well, we have a couple emails. <laughs> Just hanged up. Oh, and don't forget it's Medal of Honor Monday today. Remember I told that story Last week about how I was, I had gotten to meet a few Medal of Honor guys and I ended up at one event with some Navy SEAL and I couldn't remember his name and he was like the most humble dude in the world. He'd won the Medal of Honor in Vietnam. Chris dug up his Medal of Honor citation. So he's going to be our Medal of Honor citation today. Before we get to any of that though, let's find out what happens with communism. Let's find out. The solution, a solution, an ugly solution, I don't know what you want to call it, to countering a communist takeover. Let's go to a little place I like to call Chile. And that is how you say it, Chris. Stop making that face. That's how you say it, okay? I habla a little bit, and it's called Chile. We're going down to Chile in the 1960s. And before we get to actual Chile, remember... This is the heated up version of the Cold War, and that is going to come into play today. It was us versus the Soviet Union. You obviously know that. None of that is news. But just know, the Soviet Union was extremely committed to spreading communism around the globe. Remember, all communism, just like here in America, all communists, communism, the entire religion, it involves everything. There's nothing they don't want. It has to be universal. It has to be a complete changing of the world. There's no such thing as a local communist thing. The Soviet Union, they were aggressively spreading it around the world. Obviously, you know the big boys like China and such, but there were Cuba, uh, which comes into play here a little bit too, and all across South America. And this is the point in time this general period of time in South America, the Soviet Union was pushing hard into there because it was in our hemisphere. It was close by us. They knew it would butt them right up against us. And because there was so much unrest and poverty and uncertainty in South America, and those environments are ripe for the communists to come in and take over. We were clearly quite concerned about this. And with good reason, we wanted to stop it. The problem is, I mean, then and now, in other places and here, not to step too far away from the history store right away, but the problem is small government, 
a laissez-faire attitude, live and let live. These are the best ways to live. I mean, you can call it libertarianism, but I don't know. if you, Maybe that's what you want to call it. But remember, libertarianism is the opposite of communism. But it cannot defeat communism. It never has. You cannot laissez-faire your way out of communism. That is not how it works because the communists are always advancing, always pushing forward. There is no live and let live. You find a way to beat the enemy hordes back off the walls or eventually they're coming over the walls. So we had to, as America, obviously we would have preferred freedom, let freedom ring, you know, all these things. We would have preferred that for South America, but often we didn't have that option. We had to pick whatever was there to counter the communists. Now back to Chile, the 1960s. Chile was doing okay, and then things really started to go south for them economically. There were lots of United States businesses down there mining Chile's copper, There were foreign banks all over Chile dealing in money, and all that stuff was fine. That stuff wasn't really hurting it. But what was happening was society there, especially the rural peasants, they just were going hungry. The economy was not good enough, and they were torn to shreds by the three different political factions. When I say three, I mean they were centrists, there were far-right nationalists, And then there were the communists, full-out socialist communists. And they're all promising the rural peasants that they're going to do something to ease their burden, to help things. Well, like I said before, communism, the reason they changed the language in America to go after feminism and race and and all this other stuff is because communists are excellent at finding people who feel oppressed in some way Telling them, oh, yes, you are oppressed. Give me power and I will hurt the people who have hurt you. That's all communism comes down to. In Chile, the far left radicals, the communist radicals were constantly pouring honey in the ear of the rural poor saying, you see those middle class farmers, those scumbags. Look, he owns 200 acres. That should be your land. Why aren't you on that land? Why, why won't he give you it? Constantly. The CIA becomes gravely concerned about the political direction of the nation. They're trying to, they're, they're funneling millions of dollars down to the centrist candidates, to the far right candidates, doing everything they can to avoid the actual communists taking over the government, getting elected into the government. And what's happening is the country is beginning to get more and more violent. There are, and there's not just one unified group. I'm oversimplifying it. There's this group on the left and this group on the left and this group on the right and this group on the right. And they're starting to kill each other. There, there are leftist groups who are starting to rob banks, kill people to get money for their, for their cause. The country itself internally is starting to fracture big time and people are going to extremes in the left or the right. Any of this sounding familiar at all? 
And the more extreme the communists were getting, and they were getting very extreme and very violent, that was creating an equal and opposite extreme on the right. The country was fracturing. And then they had an election. And this election was terrible. Honestly, there's no other way to describe it. The only other name, there are two names you're going to need to memorize today. This is the first one. His name is Salvador Allende. He was the communist who was elected to be president of Chile. Now, elected, remember I said there were three parties? He only got about a third of the vote. Only about a third of the country wanted to go this hard-left communist route. And Salvador Allende, he was going to do what communists do. You want to know what communists do? I'm going to tell you about that. And we're going to get Michael Malice's take on the Satan Nikes. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You have to quit dipping, and that stinks. And when I say that, I really, really mean that because I dipped for so long, and I loved it for so long, and I didn't want to quit. It's just that I knew I had to quit. So how do you handle that? You get Jake's Mint Chew. Jake's Mint Chew makes quitting bearable. They have 11 different flavors of long cut, Four different flavors of CBD, and the CBD, I mean, it's all good, but the CBD really takes the edge off, so it gives you something to put in your lip, but here's here's the thing. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. Jake's Mint Chew is how you will quit. Take it from me, a long-time dipper, it works. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 20% off. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Email me your love, your hate, your death threats, and your ask Dr. Jesse questions. Man, Friday was fun. <laughs> I told you it was gonna be. Oh, that carjacking in DC with those those teenage barbarians jacking that guy's car and killing him, it just I have thoughts on that carjacking that are going to be different than other people's thoughts you've heard. And you might get mad. I don't care. I'm going to tell you my thoughts. We'll get to that in a few. Back to Chile. Countries divided 1970 election. Salvador Allende is elected. Full-blown communist elected. And... At one point, Salvador Allende decides he wants a man named Augusto Pinochet to be the head of the army. Who's Augusto Pinochet? Well, he is a fast riser in the Chilean military. 
He is a man that actually had been sent in before to put down a gigantic union protest at a mine. Pinochet showed up. He was just a colonel at the time, had a bunch of troops with him. There were a bunch of uh, union guys who said we're not going to work anymore. Pinochet opened fire, six dead. That's the type of man Pinochet is. Now, what happened after Salvador Allende wins the election in 1970? Remember, with only about one-third of the vote, well, communists don't think in those terms. He immediately begins to nationalize things in the economy. He nationalizes the copper industry, which was the biggest industry for Chile, which sounds great on the campaign trail, right? Because there were so many American businesses who were, were invested in the copper. And on the campaign trail, it's so easy to stand up and say easy to digest things like, you're starving and the Americans are stealing our copper. And you take over and you nationalize it. They nationalized the tire companies. They nationalized coal companies. They start nationalizing banks. They're putting professors, left-wing communist professors, just like the ones we have here, in charge of some of the biggest industries in the nation. Oh, here, a professor of sociology, come run this gigantic coal plant. How do you think that went? Almost immediate collapse of all of them. The banks that may have been the most damaging thing, they start nationalizing the banks. Well, they, remember, there was all this foreign investment there, America, Britain, and whatnot. Well, they just left. Chile was only a country of 9 million people at the time. $1 billion gets pulled out of the nation. The finance, finance companies aren't just going to say, oh, okay, communism sounds good. You can have my money. It's just beep, beep, wire transfer. Have a good one, Chile. We'll be over here not getting taken over. Oh, but wait, there's more. Remember I said about the rural poor? And the anger that was ginned up in them. They had shanty towns and things like that in Chile. Well, they set their eyes on the middle class and the upper middle class. They started simply taking over areas. And when I say taking over, I mean you wake up on your 200-acre farm, just a normal dude, middle class dude, and you're looking at 30, 40, 50 of these peasants who have walked on your land, sometimes violently, sometimes a knock at the door, we need you to leave now. This is ours now. Government refusing to prosecute these peasants because they're on the communist side. Again, any of this sounding familiar at all? Anything at all? Yeah. A man by the name of Fidel Castro, maybe you've heard of him, shows up in 1971 just to work with Salvador Allende and train him. He even gave him an inscribed submachine gun. I forget what it said on it. It had an inscription on it to my fellow comrade or something like that. I forget what it was. What do you think happens in a nation, a nation that was already struggling, when the communists take over, nationalize and promptly collapse almost every major industry and the financial sector pulls out of the nation? What happens? Oh, complete disaster. The government starts printing unbacked money. Inflation goes out of control. They're doing idiotic things like 
promising everyone a raise and just printing unbacked money for it. Not that we would ever do anything like that here in America, but inflation gets out of control. So, yes, you're a peasant. Now you make $10,000, and before you only made $6,000. Only now it costs $10,000 for a loaf of bread. So the money doesn't do you any good. Poverty. Starvation. Why starvation? Well, remember when I talked about the farmers and the peasants taking over the farms? What do you think happened to the crops that Chile used to survive on as soon as a bunch of peasants took over the farms? Do you think they took over and promptly started farming it as well as the last guy? Some of them didn't even farm it at all. They were just there to squat and mooch. We now have bread lines. What is... What was the system's response in Chile to all this disaster? Salvador Allende begins to pardon left-wing street terrorists that had been previously imprisoned for, for killing people, robbing banks, and whatnot. Now, now we have flat-out left-wing terrorist groups rising up, not against the government, rising up because they know they have the protection of the government. We, I'm talking they'll have control of entire areas of a nation. Oh, oh, you can't come in into this town now. We run this town now. There is, as there always will be, a response from the right. Right-wing terror begins to rise up. Assassinations of government officials and such. Right-wing neighborhoods and towns, even if they weren't necessarily completely on the right, began to rise up, as you will absolutely see happen here. When I say rise up, I mean turtle up, protect themselves. You remember those roving gangs? 30, 40, 50, 100 communists are riding around. You better have a response. People start to gather with their neighbors in their neighborhood for protection, arming themselves. The world begins to watch because the world sees an absolute civil war coming for Chile. This is a big deal. This is all happening under President Nixon. And it should be noted, in the interest of fairness, the United States of America was getting involved. We had been involved and we were still involved. How involved? Well... The communists were destroying their own economy, doing a good job of it, but we helped them along a little bit. And the, those right-wing groups that are beginning to rise up, eh, there may have been some American dollars that got funneled to those groups. Okay, let's just be clear. There were absolutely American dollars that got funneled to those groups. Well, I'm not saying we were helping destabilize the nation to remove the communist government, but we were 100% helping destabilize the nation to remove the communist government. So what would you do if you're in Chile at this time and you're a military leader and you're a patriot? Maybe not left wing, maybe not right wing, maybe not central, but you love your nation and you're watching your nation descend into communist hell. What would you do? What's the right thing to do? And how do we judge what the right thing to do is? It's about to get uncomfortable as we talk about the caravan of death. Hang on. 
I love my Eden Pure Thunderstorm because it, well, I'll put it to you this way. You can taste how much better the air is. My, I had a friend walk in my house Friday night, and it's not as if we have a dirty home by any stretch of the imagination, but it's normal home, two sons, a dog, smells come about. He walked in and said, does it smell cleaner in here? He asked his wife, and I said, yeah, it does, because I have three, not one, not two, three Eden Pure Thunderstorms in my home. They don't just cover up odors. They take them out. No more itchy, watery eyes for me in the morning either. Go get yourself one. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for $10 off. My gosh, headlines I never thought I'd have to read for you here on the Jesse Kelly Show. The headline is Lil Nas X. That's a rapper. So stop, stop now. It's a rapper. Lil Nas X releases unofficial Satan Nikes containing human blood. Sounds like we're doing great culture-wise here in America. Sounds like we're really doing well. Remember, you can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Locals. That's the one place I can't be kicked off of. Let's try to finish up our story about Chile. As the country descends into absolute communist madness, the military leaders get together, and I mean the head of the Army, the head of the Navy, the head of the Air Force, They actually get together at a little girl's birthday party. And they go to Augusto Pinochet, who's really the top dog as far as military goes, and well thought of. And they say, Augusto, it's time for a coup. It was not Augusto Pinochet's idea. They came to him. And in fact, he even told them. You understand People are going to die, right? You really want to do a coup? Because people are going to die. And they said, essentially, well, what choice do we have? Look at this. Apparently, he pondered it, walked over to his desk, pulled out his pen out of the top drawer, and signed the document saying it's on now. And it was on. They immediately move on the president of the country, Salvador Allende. The military starts taking over this town or this city, and I mean kicking in doors, arresting all the communist leaders, throwing people in cuffs in the back of trucks. Are people dying? Yep, people are already dying. No, there aren't mass executions quite yet, but people are definitely dying already. The president decides he's going to hold up in the presidential palace, considers it a, a symbol of of his power and tells people to stand with him and fight with him. Only he doesn't have all the muscles in the military. It's one thing to tell, to be some uh, communist at college on campus. 
I'm going to go down there and I'm going to I'm going to tell these guys what I, what I think of them. It's quite another when you're actually facing trained professionals in the military, quite another. You remember that dude in Austin, that uh, Antifa idiot who got himself killed because he decided he was going to go to bring an AK-47 to this Antifa protest and they're trying to storm this vehicle that someone's in, starts kicking in doors and breaking windows and pop, pop. The Antifa guy's laying on the ground. It turns out the guy was an Afghanistan veteran in the car, an armed Afghanistan veteran. Your communist role-playing revolutionary stuff doesn't work when actual trained professionals are kicking in doors. They have the presidential palace surrounded. The nationalists on the right, the guys doing the coup, they take over the nation's telecommunications. They take, they send out radio messages. This is why this coup is happening. This is why we are taking over now. They begin to send in fighter jets to bomb the presidential palace, and they do. The palace was surrounded by 300 police officers who were there to protect the president. And as soon as the police officers found out that their commanders had joined the side of the coup, they left. Now the president is inside with some snipers on top, and 30 of his essentially closest bodyguards, Secret Service guys is what you want to think of them as, although they're not obviously ours. They storm into the building. Allende sits down at his desk. Remember that submachine gun Fidel Castro had given him with an engraving on it? Allende sits down at his desk and fires and takes the top of his own head off and kills himself. Now... Augusto Pinochet has completed the coup and he has taken over. And right up to this point, you are probably finding yourself cheering. What's the bad side so far? Obviously not a big fan of suicide and whatnot, but what's the bad side so far? Maybe we're about to have that conversation, but then again, Maybe we're not. I'm here to tell you what happened. And I'm here to show you this is how ugly it gets if you let your nation descend into full-blown communism. We don't want this. What's about to happen is not something we want. Mass arrests begin, and I do mean mass arrests. Door to door to door. The estimates are between 50 to 90,000 people are rounded up. Remember, there's only 9 million people in the whole country. They are rounding up professors. They're rounding up musicians. They're rounding up the communist leaders who aren't escaping the nation. A lot of the communist leaders uh, escape the nation, but they're just massively rounding everyone up. They're sending them to a couple big national stadiums in Santiago, They're sending them to prisons. They're sending them to camps. They are full-out right-wing fascist takeovers. of. uh, They censor the media. Left-wing media, gone. Left-wing journalists, arrested. They outlaw any opposition to them. The military takes over the university system to prevent any more university professors from teaching their students about communism. 
Are you cheering? Are you cringing? Don't tell me. I don't even think I want to know the answer. I'm simply telling you what happened. People start to die now. And we have to be real about this. People start to die now. This is something that happened. Bodies floating down the river. That national stadium or national stadiums. People are being tortured in there. They're dragging people out of the stands. They're dragging them downstairs. They're lining up, lining them up against the wall. They're shooting them in the head. I told you last week about the folk singer. I think his name is Victor, Victor Hara. I may have that wrong. Hardcore communist folk singer. You know, it's easy to be a communist when you're a munis- musician. They put a bunch of cigarettes out on him and then broke his hands and then made him play the guitar. And then I think they shot him, if memory serves me. I may have that wrong, but I know they tortured him. This is real. This is what it looks like. The beatings begin. Hooking up car batteries to the nether regions of the males. Then they decide they're not quite done yet. There are still way too many communists out there because what they're doing is they're putting a lot of the communists in the camps. They're, they're putting them on military trials. And remember, these are fellow Chilean people. So lots of the guys in the military aren't really coming down quite as hard on the communists as Pinochet and the leadership wanted. They decided they needed to make an example of some people and show them how to treat communists And this is what's called the caravan of death. They hopped in a gigantic helicopter and started flying around to the camps, putting people on retrials. Sometimes people who had already been tried and sentenced leniently, trying them, convicting them. Oh, you've been convicted. Capital punishment for you. Get in the helicopter. And then those communists would get out of the helicopter at about 10,000 feet. Now, let me ask you something as we wrap this up here. Pinochet essentially made himself dictator almost for life. And then when he left, he was a senator for life. And it doesn't matter. But let me ask you something. And I'm going to ask you a very hard question. And I don't want to know the answer. Although you're welcome to email me, you know, to stay between us. You ready for this question? I'll get to that in a second. I want to get Michael Malice's thoughts next hour about Pinochet, too. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. 
ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. The Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address. Let me ask you a hard question before I get to these stories. Do you support what happened in Chile? And everything that comes with it. You can't do that thing that we all want to do. I know you want to do it because I do too, right? Well, yeah, I support the right taken back over, but but not the part where where people got hurt. The, the, we let the left reside in the world of make-believe. You and I will keep our feet firmly planted right here in the real world. You want to do a takeover. If it gets to the point where you have to violently take something back over, eggs are going to be broken while you make that omelet. Well, I'm not, I would never let my soldiers uh, 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 kill people and torture people. When you put troops, regular people, cops, anybody in charge like that in an insane scenario like that, death comes with it every single time. So you don't get to pick and choose. I know you want to. I want to. I'm asking you. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? And in full disclosure, because I don't want to just play the bad stuff with you know car batteries and helicopters and such. Full disclosure, let's let's have a frank conversation about this. You know what Chile was like back then? I described it for you. You know, complete wasteland disaster. You know what Chile is like now? Extremely low corruption. In Latin America, extremely low government corruption, high incomes, one of the most prosperous nations in South America. Completely took off after that. One last time. Is that what you want? Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now, I promised you I was going to have a different take on that DC carjacking. I will have that for you in just a second. Just, and I'll explain what happened. If you don't know what happened, don't worry about that. But first, remember, it's Medal of Honor Monday. I'm not going to do it quite yet. I'll probably do it in about 10 minutes. It's Medal of Honor Monday. We don't do anything good on this show. I'm not a good person. I've never pretended to be a good person. It just wouldn't be right. But we do one thing every week that's worthwhile. We read a Medal of Honor citation every single Monday. These men deserve to be remembered. Their deeds deserve to be remembered. And it is not enough to simply know that, well, there are citations out there. No, they have to be read. It has to go into people's minds. Otherwise, they disappear. It doesn't do any good for this piece of paper to exist if nobody reads it. Now, this is what happened over the weekend. I hope you haven't seen the video. I genuinely hope you have not. 
I realized by saying that, just the human mind being what it is, you're going to go seek out the video now. It's not hard to find. It's all over social media. This is what happened over the weekend. Washington, D.C. has a horrible, horrible crime problem. People don't realize that. I I went to D.C. one time. Now, not the main area around the Capitol because there's so much security and cameras and things like that, but but especially northern D.C., the first time I ever went to D.C., I uh, booked a hotel room, and all, all the rooms were so expensive because everything's expensive in Washington, D.C., and I found one, like the cheapest room I could find was like $185 a night. And I mean the cheapest room I could find. You don't understand. It was, it was, it was cheapest I could find. So without thinking about it, without doing anything else, I'm like, well, okay, I've got to book it, and I book it, and I get to Washington, D.C. at night, and I start driving north and driving north and driving north. And very soon, I am in the ghetto, and I mean ghetto. And I have a gas station right there, and I'm thinking, I want to pull over, grab a Gatorade. I pull in, and the gas station's part of this group of, uh, you know, it's a little strip mall, except all the shops, they don't have bars in front of them. They have a steel wall that has been pulled down for the night in front of all of them. The gas station is open, though, right? Group of dudes sitting in front of the gas station. The second I pull up to the gas pump, before I even throw my car in park and get out, they all stand up and start walking towards my car. Throw it right back in drive. Guess I'll have a Gatorade tomorrow then. Take off. Drive out. Hook a left on the street. A lady of the night right there on the sidewalk walking up the road. I get to my hotel. There are... Not well, There's not one, but two armed patrol guards on the little segways riding around. It's a major hotel brand. I'm not going to go into I don't want to. I'm not trying to blast them. It's just in a terrible part, a terrible part of town. I'm looking out my window at other ladies of the night standing on the street corner. And you would not believe what they charge. Oh, I'm kidding, Chris. I'm jo- stop. Quit. But in all seriousness, it was it was a very, very, very dangerous place. A very dangerous place. And that has gotten worse and worse and worse in recent years. So here's what happened over the weekend. Time to make you mad at me. Hang on. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 